Welcome to Literary Speaking with Crystal Lee Quibell. Literary Speaking is the author's guide to writing and publishing, sharing tips and tricks for aspiring authors. Crystal Lee's expert guests will bring you the latest information on how to write and publish your book into being. Are you ready to tell your story? Here's your host. Welcome to Literary Speaking. I'm your host, Crystal Lee Quibel. Today we're speaking with Chuck Sambuchino. Chuck's Guide to Literary Agents blog is one of the most popular blogs in publishing. He also edits the annual Guide to Literary Agents and the Children's Writers and Illustrators Market. His 2010 humor book, How to Survive a Garden Gnome Attack, was optioned by Sony Pictures. Chuck is also the author of Formatting and Submitting Your Manuscript, Get a Literary Agent, and Create Your Writer Platform. His latest book, When Clowns Attack, A Survival Guide, is available now. Chuck, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. No problem. You know, Chuck, many people aspire to write and publish their work, but once they've written the book, a lot of people are lost. What would you recommend they do before they even consider approaching a literary agent? Well, okay, let's just say the novel or the book, the nonfiction book, whatever it is, let's just say it's done. What do you want to do before you approach an agent? Well, the first thing you need to do is you need to research what makes a story interesting, what makes good writing. And you can do that in a variety of ways. Number the first thing that you can do is you can look for uh, successful writing in your category. Like let's just say you're writing a fantasy novel, for instance. You can look up who is writing good fantasy today, successful fantasy today. Look up fantasy debuts that have been published in the last two years and read their stuff. So you can get a sense of who is out there with a good voice, who is out there capturing readers' attentions, and you can uh, see good writing on the page. You can study it and you can also emulate it. The second thing you can do is you need to get other eyes on the work because you can only self-edit your work so much. You need other critical analysis of the work, and that means one of two things. It means either hiring an independent like freelance editor to look at the work and give you their thoughts, or joining some sort of writing critique group where you surround yourself with peers who can edit the work for, for you, who can you know give you their thoughts on your work if you do the same for them when their novel or their book is completed. So those are the two things you can do. One, you can understand what makes up good writing in today's marketplace by reading other people, by studying articles on self-editing, looking at books on refining your writing and self-editing, and number two, getting independent critical analysis, in other words, different eyes on your work. Perfect. So when it comes to the query process, you're ready, your work is polished, what are the most essential steps every writer should ensure they do when they're querying agents? The first thing I'd say is research. Because there's a lot of agents out there, and you're going to find them in a whole variety of ways in terms of established ones you might not know about or brand new ones that just popped up yesterday. So the first thing is research uh, a bunch of uh, different uh, variety of resources. Like one resource that Dirty Writers Digest puts together that we talk about, we're going to talk about probably is uh, the Guide to Literary Agents, and that's the book that I edit, and it's a big yellow pages. But that the Guide to Literary Agents is a great book, and it can help you. But it's just one resource, and you can use other resources out there like Twitter following agents on Twitter and seeing what they're talking about or what they want, and also using PublishersMarketplace.com, which has nothing to do with Writer's Digest. Um, but that is also another good site. And between those three things, you can start to assemble quite the list. And another thing you want to do is you want to query widely. You want to slowly cast a wide net, because especially if you're writing fiction, 
You never know what agent is going to fall in love with your particular style of writing, your voice, the way you write a sentence. And so it kind of becomes a little bit of a numbers game. Besides that, if you're not having any success, I suggest getting your query edited. Once again, get a freelance professional editor to edit your query or join a critique group where you can have other writers help you give some thoughts on your queries. Lastly, examine your own process for bumps. Like if you send, if you have, you know, 80 let's say 80 agents you can send your work to, let's say you submit to a dozen of them, and you start with a dozen at first. If after two months you receive no replies and they're essentially all rejected, then you have to go back to the drawing board, and you have to think, okay, either my query isn't working or my first pages that I'm submitting in the, with these submissions aren't working. One of the two, if not both, is failing me. And so you can try to analyze what's going on. You can try a different version of the query, try different first pages, cut a page, do whatever you want, but you can analyze your own process. Perfect. You know, do you find that there's any common mistakes that seem to come up a lot when it comes to the querying process that many first-timers make? You could talk about this for a while, but the number one thing that I see when I'm looking at query letters is generalities. Because you got to put yourself in an agent's shoes. They have dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of queries that are coming in every week, and they're all stories. So if you describe your story using vague or general language, like you know the two develop a relationship or going through highs and lows, so through a series of circumstances, any of this vague generic language that can be interpreted in multiple ways. So it's something like you could say something. Like maybe you're writing a memoir, and your first sentence is, "I had a difficult childhood." My well, my first question to that writer is, "What does that mean?" What are you trying to say? Why did you have a difficult childhood? Define what you mean by difficult. And if you're not specific in what you mean, then your query is not going to stand out because she's got 100 other ones she has to look at this week, if not you know, 300, and she's looking mm-hmm. for distinct, interesting details that will make, say, you know, pull her in and think, this is something different, this is unique, this is interesting. And anything that's vague or general will not, will not fly at all. It's going to sink your query right off the bat. So when when somebody sends out their query, I, I think a lot of people are curious to wonder what the average time is to wait to hear from an agent. Do you do you have any advice on, you know, do you wait? Do you give them a little nudge after a certain amount of time? Well, it doesn't really work like that. Um, if you send out your query letter, then you should be checking. Of course, you're going to want to check the agent's submission guidelines. That's how they explain. Mm-hmm. This is what we want to receive, and this is how we want to receive it. And oftentimes, in those submission guidelines, an agent will explain, this is how we respond. This is how we respond to you. Okay, so, and an agent will either say one of three things. They'll say something like, hey, we respond within four weeks, or we get back to queries within eight weeks. They'll say something like that. Or number two, so so let's start with that one. If they say, we'll get back to queries within four weeks, what I would always recommend is you wait two weeks past when they said they would get back if you haven't heard anything, and you resubmit. So if they say we'll get back to you within four weeks, you wait six weeks before you give them the nudge. And when you give them the nudge, you have to make sure that you're doing everything right, meaning there's a chance that they didn't get your first query, that it never arrived to them because you spelled the email address wrong, or you put an attachment when you shouldn't have, or you didn't put query in the subject line when they said put the word query in the subject line. So you have to double-check everything, and then you can resubmit. The second thing that might happen is when an agency says, well, like a lot of agencies are doing this now, Crystal, and that is them saying, if you don't hear from us in blank weeks, 
then consider mm-hmm. it to be a no. And so yeah. lots of times you're not going to hear anything, but that is the answer. Silence is the answer. The third thing that rarely happens, but it's out there, is they'll request work, but they won't have anything online on their websites in terms of how quickly they will get back to you. So they'll say something like, hey, please send your query letter here. And there's no nothing saying, like, if you don't hear from us, it's a no, or we respond in eight weeks. And that's the real question I think you're asking. So if you send a query letter to someone that doesn't specify when and how they get back to you, I would wait at least two months, if not three months. I would probably wait like somewhere in the two to three month range, and I would just nudge them very gently, nudge them and say, hey, you know, my query might have gotten lost in cyberspace, but I sent it two months ago. I'm repasting it below for your consideration. Excellent. You're listening to Literary Speaking with Crystal Lee Quival. Today we're speaking with author and editor Chuck Sambuchino about his advice for getting a literary agent and his new book, When Clowns Attack, A Survival Guide. When we come back from the break, we'll discuss more about his writing practice, his advice for inspiring authors, and his new books, When Clowns Attack, A Survival Guide, and Get a Literary Agent. We'll be right back. Your story is begging to be told, but do you know where to start? Crystal Lee Quibell is dedicated to helping you achieve your book publishing dreams. Go to crystalleequibell.com. That's crystalleequibell, Q-U-I-B-E-L-L.com, and sign up for Crystal Lee's newsletter today. Welcome back to Literary Speaking. I'm your host, Crystal Lee Quibel. We're continuing our conversation today with author and editor Chuck Sambuchino. We're going to be speaking about his writing practice, advice for aspiring authors, as well as his just-released humor book, When Clowns Attack, A Survival Guide. Welcome back to the show. Chuck, writers' conferences often host live pitch sessions for authors to pitch agents one-on-one, so it's sort of like skipping the lines for querying the querying process in the speed dating format. What do you think is the best advice you could give conference attendees for their pitch sessions? Well, I would say relax. You know, when people come in, they're all jittery and nervous, even if they own up to it, like, oh, my gosh, sorry I'm so nervous. Like, it just – it doesn't come off poor. I wouldn't say that, but – you want someone who's just going to sit down, be confident in their story, and just talk a little bit about what it's – and just have a nice conversation. Because the thing about it is, is if this agent is going to sign you as a writer, they're going to be enacting in the business transaction with you, and they're going to become business partners for, God willing, decades. So they're going to want to know that they're dealing with a professional, someone who understands their story, someone who's, who can talk well about it. And I would say relax. Just have an informal discussion about the book. And one other thing you can do is sometimes with these one-on-one pitch sessions, you want to pitch your work. But if you're ever having any – let's just say you're a writer. You wrote a novel. You've submitted it to 20 agents, and they've all said no or not replied. You can always use a pitch session at a writer's conference as an effort to say your pitch aloud that you've memorized because it's only a page and ask them for feedback. So you drop the whole pitch part of it, and you just say, where am I going wrong? And you just say it aloud, and then the agent can step into kind of editor mode, and they can say, all right, well, this doesn't really make sense, and I was confused here, and I've heard this thing a thousand times. That's why it wasn't interesting. So the two things you can do is, one, if you're going to pitch, relax. Two, you can choose to not pitch and actually just get some feedback. Perfect. Is there anything conference attendees should remember not to do when meeting literary agents? Um, Not really. Nothing comes to mind. The only thing that really came to mind, and this is a stretch, is don't come off like you. And the thing is, you're going to research agents a lot, but there's a thin line between like research and stalking. 
And so yeah. if you, you know you sit down with an agent and you're like, "Oh, I like your dog and I like you know your husband is very attractive and your home looks very nice." <laughs> and it can get it can get creepy fast. You know, if you're friends with them yes. on Facebook or something like that, then then even if you were just looking through their photos, you you can you can come off too creepy. Yes, absolutely. You know, you've written in a variety of genres. Did you happen to receive any rejections from literary agents or publishers and how did you handle that? I did. Um, I queried my first novel uh, six years ago and um, queried a dozen agents, and they all said no. And that was that was tough because I thought I had something there, and they all said no. And people asked me, well, why don't you query more because you're an advocate of querying widely. And the mm-hmm. thing was is um, basically I was getting – because I knew a lot of these agents personally, I was getting some personalized rejections, and I realized after a few – several personalized rejections that the story was just flawed, and it needed to either be fixed or thrown out and started a new one. So – I mean, I've gone through the novel query trenches just like the average writer. And in terms of the working with my agent for my nonfiction projects, the humor books, um, yes, after we sold our first book, which was called How to Survive a Garden Gnome Attack, we ended up pitching, I think, seven more books that all got rejected before we finally sold the next one. And so that was a rough year and a half of just coming up with these ideas and putting a lot of work into them and thinking that they were great and just getting them all shot down. In terms of your question of how do you how do you handle them? The mm-hmm. answer about how to handle rejection is twofold. Number one is if you want to get mad, get mad. You know, if you want to if you want to eat a pizza or eat some ice cream or have a <laughs> stiff drink, like have a drink, eat some yeah. ice cream. Like you're going to be upset about it for an hour or two weeks, and that's kind of a natural like process. But that's number one is if you get upset or if you get sad, like that's okay. You can be angry for a moment. But number two is you just have to keep moving forward. Like at some point, if you're a real writer, you're just going to get sick of not writing and you're going to pick the pen back up or put your hands back on the keyboard and you're going to try to write something else. And you know what happens? You'll end up writing something that was most likely better than the first thing you you wrote because you learned from your mistakes. You've read more. And so the, the twofold answer is number one, if you need some time to be upset or depressed, be upset. But number two is just get back to writing. It'll help you feel better, and you'll likely create something that's better than the original. Perfect. You know, is there? Do you yourself have a writing routine that you stick to on a regular basis? No, I don't. And I'm not. And I'm just. I'm going to skip by this point just because I do not have a routine, but I advocate one. I can just tell that when when I get into grooves, like when I get mm-hmm. into routines that will last a week or a month, I produce more. When I don't, when I really don't. When when it gets a little bit scattershot and all over the place, I'm not writing as much as I should, and I can get easily distracted, or I can get easily distracted with home chores. So I don't have a routine, but I do advocate for one. Do you, you know? Have you ever experienced moments of writer's block while writing your books, or or do you find it just flows? Well, no, I would say uh, we all have writer's block in terms of just hitting walls, and the number one mm-hmm. thing to do that I do is I sit down with writing friends. Now I've got a few writing friends, and I'll sit down and I'll talk to them. Sometimes they'll come up with a good idea. They'll say, oh, well, why don't you do X? But almost more oftentimes what happens is just me talking aloud through it to the friend helps me mm. come up with the solution. It's almost like if you're like walking. Like, like, so, so when I talk with someone, either I figure it out in the process of talking or yeah. they offer. And like I have different friends. Like sometimes if I want to – brainstorm with a friend, I'll just say, hey, can we sit down and talk? And they'll say, yeah. But sometimes when you get like other writers who you aren't too friends with, you just take them out to lunch. You say, listen, can I take you out to lunch and you can help me work through this? And all of a sudden, they won't feel like they're just sitting down for 40 minutes and listening to you babble where they're getting nothing out of it. So that's what yeah. I do. Yeah. 
Yeah, so it's really important to build that community of fellow writers and, you know, to get feedback and also bounce ideas off of and have reciprocal, you know, sort of circles where everybody can kind of contribute something. What was the best advice you've ever received about writing? Oh, that's a big question. Um, <laughs> one thing, well, like I'll just say the first thing that comes to mind because I feel like I could go on about this point forever. Okay, the best advice I ever received. I seem to remember um, reading a quote that was attributed to David Mamet, and David Mamet is a he got famous with playwriting, uh, like he wrote Glenn Glary, Glenn Glary, Glenn Ross, and he's written, a, he's produced a lot of movies and written a lot of movies. Um, but I remember one day, one time, I was reading an interview with him, and he said, "What have you done for your career today?" Now, I, I, just, I looked that quote up recently trying to reattribute it to him, and I couldn't, but it doesn't matter. If he said it or someone else said it or I just made it up, and, but like, what have you done for your career today? Because you can always write on any given day. We were talking about the value of a writing routine, but beyond that, there's more that you can do. You can go beyond writing, and you can make connections, you can build your platform, you can, you know, uh, build your social media. So on. So when you sit, if you're a novelist, you, every day you should sit down and try to write. But on any day that you can't write because you're distracted or you have writer's block or the synapses aren't firing upstairs, you can always sit down and contribute to your own career by making friends, building social media, going out and, you know, having coffee with a writer just to talk about them, or by reading a book. And by reading a book, you can read a novel with the intention to study it to learn how it works and reverse engineer it. Or you could read an article on or a book on writing that talks about, like, this is why these paragraphs work. Let's break this down. This is how you create a compelling character. There's always something you could be doing for your career. Absolutely. You know, your latest book, When Clowns Attack, A Survival Guide, is this satire piece full of hilarious photos and descriptions. What inspired you to write this? Uh, clowns scare me. They're, just, they're, they're, they're terrifying. <laughs> they now, everybody are. hates clowns. <laughs> I mean, like, you, there's been scientific studies that basically say, like, you know, clowns besides maybe deaths and snakes and spiders and, you know, public speaking, they're, they're, those clowns are, like, right up there. Right up there in terms of uh, just freakiness and general weirdness, and so it was kind of a no-brainer. I uh, I ended up pitching the book several years ago to my publisher, and they kind of just uh, never got back to me. And so what I did was I just uh, I had a designer that I knew. I paid a designer to draft up a mock cover with all these really weird clowns just looking right at you, and then I just <laughs> you know put a title on there that said "When Clowns Attack: A Survival Guide." And then I sent it to my publisher, and all of a sudden they said, "We want you to work on this book because." Clowns just have this visceral, just kind of uh, emotes, visceral, visceral reaction from people where they're terrifying and they're scary. And so I knew that fear of clowns was widespread, and I just wanted to kind of have some fun playing into why that is. And the book came out uh, last month in September. It's been very exciting from 10 Speed Press, and it makes a great holiday gift book for that friend who hates clowns. I know. I thought, I was like, this is so perfect with Halloween coming up. You know, it makes the perfect gift to bring hosts of Halloween parties and even Christmas, you know, white elephant gifts. Like, it was just, it was hilarious. So I'm so excited that you have that coming out. And you also have um, Get a Literary Agent also came out this year, correct? Yeah, well, it comes out, oh, yeah. No, I'm sorry. I thought, my book, Get a Literary Agent, um, is a sm- it's a small trade book. It's an instructional book that came out in January, and mm-hmm. that is a book where, like every year, I update the guide to literary agents. It comes out. It's kind of the yellow pages of agents, but because it's yes. mostly agent listings, it doesn't have that much time for instruction in the front. Like my instruction, mm-hmm. you, you can have a few articles on queries and on synopses and on social media or whatever, but. 
really there's not that much room. But when I, w- I was speaking, I've been speaking at conferences for 10 years, and I pretty much answered every question someone could possibly ask on how to get published, how to get an agent. And so my publisher said, would you like to create a book that's all instruction? And so you can explain all the ins and outs, answer every question you've ever heard, then create a comprehensive resource that can be kind of a sister book to the Guide to Literary Agents. And I said, yeah. And so that book came out in January 2015. It's called Get a Literary Agent from Writer's Digest Books. And like I said, it makes a good one-two punch with the Guide to Literary Agents because mm-hmm. the Guide to Literary Agents, which is the most recent edition is the 2016, that's the Yellow Pages, but the Get a Literary Agent book is like the, the guide. It's the instructional book, and it'll mm-hmm. it'll help you. to like, how, where do you find career examples? Where do you find synopsis examples? How do you research agents? What questions do you ask an agent when they uh, offer representation? What genre are you writing in? All those things. Excellent. Can you tell us a little bit about what else you're working on? What's coming up for you? Okay. Um, yeah, well, right now, well, basically right now what's happening is um, three, uh, last month in September 2015, I saw three books come out, the 2016 Guide to Literary Agents, the 2016 Children's Writers and Illustrators Market, and then my book, When Clowns Attack, a survival guide. And right now I'm just kind of in full social media mode, doing a lot of interviews, doing a lot of blog interviews, doing a lot of mm-hmm. celebratory blog posts. Like what I've been doing to promote the post is that I started in the past – Sometimes I've done these little mini lists of agents, like mm-hmm. you know, three agents looking for picture books right now, and then I okay. confirm with each of the agents that they want that they're okay to be on the list, so that they're not surprised and they're not saying, "Oh, wait, wait, I don't want to be on the list. I'm I'm all full bull, you know, like uh, booked with submissions." So. What I've been doing right now is I've been emailing a lot of agents and I've been asking them, hey, can I put you on a list for fantasy novels? Can I put you on a list for young adult contemporary novels? Can I put you on a list for romance novels? And so Mm -hmm. right now I'm releasing a lot of those lists that people love and they're just like crack for writers in an effort to to promote the books. Besides that, for fun, I've been working on my YA novel, which is the first fiction novel I've written since that middle grade novel that I queried six years ago. So I'm very excited about that. But it's been completely on the back burner uh, for the past few months because of the release of the three books, combined with the fact that I've been doing a lot of speaking, meeting out there with writers. Um, I've been doing a lot of writers' conferences uh, just to meet writers and promote the works. Yeah. Do you have any upcoming conferences or events where you'll be speaking that our listeners can connect with you? Sure. Um, and if you don't uh, write any of these down, that's not a problem. All you have to do is search. If you Google search my name, which is Chuck Sambuccino, and you get anywhere close to it, you're going to find the first thing that will pop up is my website. And when you pop up, when you get to ChuckSambuccino.com, there's a writing, there's a ta- there's like a page there, all the pages at the top, and one of the pages says upcoming conferences or conferences and events. So you can always check that list if, you, if any of this uh, gets forgotten or you're wondering what it is. But over the next six months uh, from now, I'll be and that would that would take me through um, April of 2016. I'll be speaking in Hartford, Connecticut. I'll be speaking in Boston. Uh, that's Boston, Massachusetts. I'll be speaking in Houston, mm-hmm. Texas, Tampa, Florida, the Fort Lauderdale area, Florida, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And then in August of 2016, so now you're looking way ahead, um, we just announced the dates for the next Writer's Digest conference in New York, and that event is getting Excellent. really big. That event is yeah. like we sold out this year at 750 people or something like that. They had to move it to a bigger hotel just to fit people. So that's August, I believe, 12th through the 14th, something like that. Okay. The 12th through the 14th of August. And so 
And so any of those uh, conferences are, and the thing is, I only really go to conferences that have literary agents because mm -hmm. if I'm going to be talking about how to pitch an agent, you've got to understand yeah. that I want to be where agents are there so they can turn around, they can know what they've done. So if you're saying I'm ready to pitch, Chuck, I know I, I want to go to an event, I want to meet agents in person, any of those places that I just mentioned, from Hartford, which is coming up in two weeks, all the way to New York, which is in like, what, nine, ten months or something like yeah. that, they all have agents. That's where I, you know, I went to the New York City conference this year and attended Excellent. your Pitch Perfect session, and it was, it was fantastic because people were very nerved up, and you had so much information for the attendees. So people have to attend that when they go, and I think you know you gave some excellent advice because you said something that really stuck with me during that, and you said, you know, nobody listens to this, but the night before the pitch sessions, you know, there's agents that cancel last minute and there's agents that come in and make sure you research them. And it was actually the best advice I got because I ended oh, up I ended up pitching to a girl who was sitting and nobody was in her line because nobody had done the research and she asked for my book. So, you know, it really pays off to attend these conferences. You know, I think there was just so much. I learned so much in a few days. So I'm really grateful to you for everything you've taught me and for being here today. And, you know, I'm really excited about your book. Everyone, please make sure you go out and buy. Any of Chuck's books are fantastic, but When Clowns Attack, A Survival Guide is available now. Chuck, thank That's you fine. so well, much for being our guest today. Thank you. Thank you. Chuck Sambuccino can be found online at chucksambuccino.com. His latest books, When Clowns Attack and Get a Literary Agent, can be purchased online and in bookstores near you. Please, please make sure you order your copy and leave a review on Amazon and Goodreads for the author. Join us next time on Literary Speaking for more tips and tricks on how to get your, your work published as we speak with Yang Shi Chu, the award-winning and best-selling author of The Ghost Bride. Visit crystalleequibel.com and sign up for my newsletter to receive updates and bonus Q&A material from our guests. I'm your host, Crystal Equibel. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Literary Speaking with your host, Crystal Lee Quibell. To start discovering how you can begin telling your story, go to crystalleequibell.com. That's crystalleequibell, Q-U-I-B-E-L-L.com. And sign up for Crystal Lee's newsletter. Join us again next week for more advice from your favorite authors and publishing professionals.